You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Like we always do about this time. I was gonna rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their claws. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast. This is episode number 14, and we are delighted that you have joined us, however you are listening, whether you're in the car, whether you're at work, um, however you're listening, man, we really appreciate it. And uh, like I mentioned, man, this is the Hawks Beat Podcast, episode number 14, volume 5. Man, we just concluded Season 5, covering the Atlanta Hawks. And now we're about to get into our off-season festivities, man. Off-season festivities, which means a lot of draft talk, a lot of free agent talk, a lot of roster news. Um, Just taking care of a lot of loose ends and keeping you guys abreast as to what is going on with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, We're going to be talking some draft stuff today. We're going to go over some draft profiles, but first and foremost, let me get rid of some of this housekeeping. So a major part of what we do is on the social media front, right? So we invite you to connect with us on our social media platforms. That means we want you to connect with us on Twitter. We want you to connect with us on Instagram. Our Twitter and Instagram names are at, you guessed it, Hawksbeat. All one word. Go ahead and give us a follow over there. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, go to our Facebook page because we put content on that site. So go to Facebook for all the Facebookers. Um, type in the Hawks Beat. You'll see our page. Click that like button and um, you'll be golden, man. You'll be golden. So that'll keep you abreast as to everything that we have going on with Facebook. We also have a YouTube page. Look, man, we are everywhere. 
And last but not least, we want you to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, Podmatic, um, all of the platforms that we're on, man. We really just want you to connect with us on um, on all of our platforms so that you can be informed, man, because we put all this content out on all these different platforms, and we just want you guys to consume uh, everything that we put out there. So <clears throat> thank you guys for being patient with us. And I, I didn't want to put out a, a podcast of fluff and guff of stuff that hasn't really been going on. So I kind of waited until we did some more scouting with some of the young guys and, um, you know, just some, you know, I just want to make sure that we had content. <laughs> I didn't want to have, I, I didn't want to do a podcast just to be doing a podcast, you know. Um, I'm not going to cheat my listeners. I'm not going to cheat myself. I'm not going to waste my time. So, um, yeah, so we got content and uh, we about to get rolling, man. Uh, first things first, man, let's get into this first segment, something that we call, um, well, we usually do State of the Hawks, but we're not going to call it State of the Hawks because the season's over. So I guess we'll just call this Hawks Headlines. Okay, just a few things to go over. Um, last week, there was some contract news uh in, relate, in regards to the Atlanta Hawks, Kent Bazemore, um, it was reported that he plans to exercise his $19.2 million contract for the 2019-22 season. And uh, look, man, no surprise here. Kent would have been a fool. <laughs> he would have been a fool to net uh, exercise that contract. He had the player option. That's the beautiful part about the player option and not the team option. The player option gives the power to the player. The team option gives the power to the team. So if you have the choice, you definitely want the player option. So he opts in for the 19.2. Like I've said the whole time, a lot of people have given Kent a a hard time about the money that he's making. And um, I just look at it like this, man. The Hawks aren't really paying anybody else, you know. So while you would like to have a little bit more value for that $19 million that you're paying him, um, Kent is what he is, you know. Um, I like Kent Bazemore. I like him for this team. I like his leadership, and he brings a lot of intangibles. But, I mean, that's just the game, man. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do if somebody offers you that money? You ain't going to turn it down. <laughs> so shout out to Kent, man. Also. In uh, Bazemore news, Kent Bazemore is a proud papa. Um, his son, uh, Jet, Jet Bazemore, was born on the 20th, two days ago. He, he posted some pictures on Instagram. and um, Beautiful baby, man. Beautiful baby. A lot of people were congratulating um, the Bazemores on their, uh, on their new edition. And uh, we we offer uh, congratulations too, man, to Mr. Bazemore. So congrats on the, the new baby, and uh, enjoy the sleepless nights. <laughs> Don't I do not miss those. But congrats to Kent opting in on that 19 mil and uh, bringing home a baby boy. Uh, life is good right now in the Bazemore household, man. Life is good. Um, some news that broke today. Uh, in regards to Coach Lloyd Pierce, um, Adrian Rojanowski broke the news later this afternoon, probably about 5 o'clock, and uh, Coach Pierce has been added 
as an assistant to the USA basketball team. Um, they're going to compete in the FIBA World Cup in China in the 2020, and well, they're going to try to qualify for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So um, Pierce is going to be replacing Indiana coach Nate McMillan, uh, who withdrew because of scheduling conflicts, and Pierce. Um, he's going to be joining the staff with Coach Popovich. Um, Pop's going to be the head guy. You got Steve Kerr, Villanova's Jay Wright, and uh, Coach Pierce, which is quite a a, a tremendous staff. And um, it said in the release, uh, Coach Pierce said that it is an honor to receive this opportunity to represent our country and to work with such great coaches and staff. Uh, he later went on to say that my family and I are excited about and committed to enjoying this journey. So salute to Coach Pierce, man. That is big, right? Because your coach is going to be hobnobbing with, like, the best players in the league. You know, you got to think that some recruiting will go on or some relationships will be developed there. And who knows? But it's better to have him there than not have him there. You know, and I think this is a great opportunity for Coach Pierce. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited for him, man. So I think he's going to do well. And, of course, I think that the team is going to do well as well. So, All right, folks. Um, let's get into some of our mailbag questions. Um, we asked our Twitter followers, our Instagram followers, our Facebook friends, um, what questions did you have? And any, nothing's off limits, you know, uh, in regards to free agency, in regards to the draft, in regards to roster, however you want to name it, it don't matter. You know, we were just taking questions from you guys. Um, just wanted to go over a few questions that were submitted. Um, one was um, Kent Bazemore. Somebody asked, what is the status of Kent Bazemore? And, and, and I've been clear on this um, the whole time uh, in regards to Kent Bazemore, in regards to his contract. I think that if anybody gets moved, it will be Kent Bazemore. Um, while I think the Hawks like, I think the Hawks are really high on Bazemore, I think that he's definitely a trade piece. I mean, his name has come up in some of the rumors around the All-Star break during the uh, the trade deadline. Um, but you don't necessarily have to trade Kent. See, that's the thing. Like, you can trade him, and he's a, he's a valuable asset. He's a, he's a veteran wing that is good defensively, and he's solid, and he could really help a contender. Um, but the price has to be right. The price has to be right. The money has to be right. And Travis is big, and I've said this a million times, Travis is big on accumulating assets, but he's not going to be making moves just to be making moves. The Hawks are in a position that if um, if they don't move Kent Bazemore, they're still in a good position financially. So um, you can move him, but you don't necessarily have to move him. Do I think that he's going to be moved? I think that he's probably going to be moved. I don't think he's going to play out the rest of his contract. Um, for all the love that they have for, for Kent, uh, they didn't give him that money, but gave him that money. <laughs> I mean, if we want to, if we want to keep it a hundred, uh, you know, but, um, and I like Kent. I, I, I just want, I, I think that he's going to, he's, uh, I, I think that, um, going forward that his time is, is certainly, uh, it, it, the clock is ticking. 
<laughs> I think the clock is ticking. So um, look for a move to be made on draft night, probably. If not on draft night, definitely um, by the by next year's trade deadline, I think they'll probably be selling for 50 cents on the dollar with uh, regards to Mr. Baysmore. But he'll always be one of our faves, um, always a good guy to talk to, always left it out there on the court, never tried to be anything that he wasn't, and uh, I will always pull for Mr. Baysmore. So appreciate that question. Next question. Um, the likelihood we land a big-name free agent, uh, he has K KD or Clay, and uh, who was an underrated free agent we could talk, we could target. Okay, so for, let me answer the first part. The likelihood we land, we land a big-name free agent, I would put that at less than 50%, and here's why. You have to look at... Travis Schlink and how he's moved and how he's moved as far as a GM uh, an assistant GM in Golden State and how he's how he's built that team and how he is building this team right so you while you do have a money you do have money for Clay you do have money for KD I don't think that those top tier free agents are going to come to Atlanta do I think that he will make a phone call and do his due diligence for both of those guys Certainly, but you just I, you're not at a point yet where you can truly, honestly, taking the emotion out of it, taking the emotion out of it. You know, if, if you're a Hawks fan, that's one thing you have to do. You have to take the emotion out of it. A lot of people get upset with me because of my takes, but um, I'm look. I just call it like I see it, right? I call it like I see it. And I wasn't necessarily vested as a Hawks fan. I, I'm seeing this from like an objective standpoint. Uh, if KD leaves Golden State, he's not coming to Atlanta. Um, other free agents like Clay. Clay is probably a. I don't think that again. I think they'll make a call to Clay. I think they'll make a call to Clay. But do I think he ultimately ends up here? No, I just don't. I just don't see it happening. I could be wrong, but. Um, I'll put I'll put my I'll put my uh, opinion out there against anybody. I just don't think it's gonna happen because Travis is trying to build this thing organically. Look at the Golden State Warriors: Steph, Clay, Draymond. A lot of those guys were built through the draft. They didn't do. I mean, they got KD, of course, a little bit later after they've already established themselves. But the Hawks are in the establishing part of their franchise right now, so. I don't think it is likely. I would say less than 50% a big name gets here. Um, now, they might be able to lure some um, some mid-tier mid, mid free agents. There's still some very good guys out there. And um, check this out. Go listen to our previous podcast. I think it was, I'm not sure if it was the last one we did. Or the one before the last one. I don't know if it's uh, episode 13 or episode 12. But uh, search for the podcast that we did on free agents. And I listed every every free agent are, that would be really good for this team from a bargain standpoint. That means there's like an actual <laughs> possibility that they can end up here in Atlanta. So uh, check that out, man. And uh, I think that they're... Um, 
you know, and, and to, just to answer your question, some underrated guys out there that I like and that, that I can think of, um, Pat Beverly's going to be a free agent. Like, who, would, who wouldn't love Pat Beverly on your squad if you are a, you know, for this Atlanta Hawks team, man? Come in and spell Trey Young for some minutes, and he gives you some of that defensive nasty that you need. Um, one of the other guys I named was Darius Miller for the Pelicans who was just a flat-out assassin from the three-point line. Very good defender. Because let's look look at this team, guys. This team does not have problems scoring points. This team scored points in the top ten and the top five near the end of the season. So scoring isn't a problem for this team. This team needs some uh, defensive acumen. This team needs some defensive nasty. So that's kind of where I was looking when I looked at the free agents. Uh, that were available. All right, we'll do one more. Um, someone asked, who do you think the Hawks should target if they get the Dallas pick? So let's do this. Let's go to Tangathon.com, and let's just run a simulation, okay? Let's run a simulation, and let's run a simulation where the Hawks end up keeping the Dallas pick. And if they keep it, I will... Um, I will tell you who I think the Hawks should get at uh, that position. So, okay, so in this simulation, and of course, Tangathon is uh, the place where you can simulate uh, the draft lottery and positionings and mock drafts. It's a great site. Um, so in this in this simulation, the Hawks got the seventh pick, and they kept the Dallas pick, which ended up being the ninth pick. So if the Atlanta Hawks had the ninth pick in this draft, um, I have divided in my draft, uh, <laughs> in my draft analysis, I've, I've divided this thing into like about four tiers, right? And so if you're drafting seven, you're probably looking at a guy who's like maybe tier three, tier four. So in the first tier, you got Zion, you got John Moran, and you got RJ Barrett, you know, second tier. You have some guys like Culver, Brandon Clark, R.J. Barrett, yada, yada, yada. So um, you're looking at Tier 4. So Tier 4, uh, ninth pick. I'll tell you three guys who I think would be interesting if they are there at the number 9 pick. One would be Kobe White, who is the 6'5 guard from North Carolina. 6'5", 185, can play both guard positions. Um, I watched film on him. Very energetic guy. Could come in. He could he could uh, play behind Trey. He could play with Trey. Um, he's a lot bigger than he seems. Uh, he, he ran the point at North Carolina, and a lot of people thought he was he was smaller than he was, but he's six five. So he's a nice sized guard. Um, again, I, I think that he would be nice at a nine spot. Uh, I'm trying I'm trying to say this guy's name. Seku Dumbuya. Dumbuya. Seku Dumbuya. So he's an international player, right? So I believe he's from, um, I don't know what country he's from, but dude is 6'9, 230, and he is relentless. He's a great rebounder. Um, he's a big, he, he's 6'9, 230. He already has an NBA body. And I think he would be uh, he would be good. Um, DeAndre Hunter, I don't think he's going to be there at nine. If he's hanging around, you definitely grab him. 
Jackson Hayes may be another guy who's a, who's a big from Texas. But uh, at that nine position, to answer your question, I think that if Kobe White is there, that's the guy you get. Uh, you get the Euro guy. Well, he's not really necessarily a Euro because he, he plays. He doesn't play like a traditional Euro, but uh, he's a big guy who, who can uh, dominate the paint. So those are two guys who I think would probably be good at that nine spot. So we are going to see. So um, with that being said, man, let's get into a little bit of draft talk. And, um, yeah, let's get into some of that draft talk. All right, folks, this is the Hogsby Podcast, episode number 14, and we're going to take a look at some of these draft prospects. So I figured it would be a very boring podcast if I just talked about, like, all of the guys and just talked about, you know, the things that I've seen as far as me scouting these guys. So I figured I would probably do, like, maybe three. That sound good? Like, maybe three per podcast. Um, I got three guys that I'm going to talk about today that I went over and looked at extensively, and I just want to give my thoughts on those. So um, I'll have their names in the podcast description. So if the Hawks in, indeed uh, draft one of these guys, come back and listen to what I said, and then you'll have kind of a starting point from which you which you uh, about learning about these guys. All right. So. Um, Today, I wanted to start with, um, let's see, who are we starting with today? We are indeed starting with, uh, okay, guys that I consider Tier 2, right? So, in Tier 1, um, I have Zion Williams, Z- Zion Williamson, uh, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett as my top, like, three guys, like, Tier 1 guys. I think that those are your first three picks in the draft Period, point blank. I, I don't think there's any discussion. And there's really no need to even really uh, scout those three guys. So that's the cream of the crop. And um, I think those are, are, are the top guys. So uh, you're looking at your next tier, right? So um, the guys I want to talk about today, Brandon Clark, power forward out of Gonzaga. R.J. Barrett. No, not R.J. Barrett. Uh, <laughs> Jared Culver and Cam Reddish. Those are the three guys that I want to talk with, talk about first. And so here's what I did when scouting these guys. I, I pulled up about five. There's about five sites that I trust, right? So I pulled up about five sites and I read scouting reports from five different scouts, right? So I did the scouting report. Then I pulled up about maybe four or five videos on YouTube whole bunch of scouting information's on there because I wanted to, I wanted to see what these guys look like on film, you know, the strengths or weaknesses and stuff like that. So that's kind of the 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 vantage point from where I'm talking. I'm not just talking from somebody who's, oh, I read one thing. No, I, I've done research on this. Like, don't tell my job, but, you know, <laughs> I've done some research on that. So first up, man, is Cam Rich. I'm going to be honest with you. When Cam first, when the whole Cam Reddish thing first came out, I've been like so hot and cold on Mr. Reddish, right? Um, at first, I did not like him at all. I was like, look, man, this guy's third option to Duke. He, he seems disinterested at times. Um, I really, really did not like the thought of Cam Reddish in the NBA uniform, okay? Uh, secondly, I mean, after that, 
I watched some more film on Cam, and I began to think, you know, I, I, let me not judge him on what he is at Duke as far as, you know, fitting in that system. Look at his potential. So I went back and I reread some of the draft scouts. I rewatched a lot of film on Cam, and um, I started to come around. So, like, now things are changing. I'm like, yo, man, this guy could be the steal of the draft, right? He has a lot of intangibles. He has a lot of uh, potential. And when you look at it from a potential standpoint, when you look at it from the standpoint of, okay, football, I mean, not football, basketball is about to be his job. Like, it's about to be his job. And how good can he be? Like, how committed is he? So then I started to fall in love with Cam Reddish. And I'm like, yo, man, if the Hawks get, like, the fifth pick or the fourth pick, like, I'm sold. Like, go ahead and grab your Cam Reddish, right? And then the tournament happened, and he had a subpar tournament. And so now I'm kind of down on Cam again. So, oh, man, it's just been a roller coaster. So um, just some notes that I had about Cam. Um, Cam is a good one-on-one scorer. He can create his own shot. Uh, the guy can score on all three levels, uh, which means he can score in the paint. Mid-range game, he can knock down the three. Lefty, I, 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 I look, I'm, I got a soft spot for the lefties. I'm not even going to lie there. I got a soft spot for the lefties. I'm left-handed. My mom is left-handed. So that's just going to be where that's just going to be. <laughs> His shot selection needs to improve. Um, he can get around defenders, but I wouldn't really characterize him as explosive. Um, the guy can score in bunches, but he can also disappear, right? So that is the, the ebb and flow of Cam Reddish. Um, he, the aggression and the motor, it, it turns off and on with him. So you don't really know, like, but when it's on, he is really good. He is really good. But when it's off, it's like, is Cam even out there? You know, um, like most of these guys, he needs to get stronger. He averaged 14 points a game at Duke. Of course, he was the third guy after Zion and after RJ, um, in the NBA. He, he'll probably play a lot of the wing, um, Play play two uh, with the ability to play the three. He, he even has the he has the ability to run the point at times. You know, very multi, very multifaceted uh, from uh, for uh, Mr. Reddish. Um, six eight two fifteen seven one wingspan, long arms, which is good for getting in those passing lanes. Um, my final conclusion on Kent, man. I I, I not Kent Cam. Uh, I'm 50-50 on him. I'm still 50-50 on him. He could be a solid NBA starter. Do you hear what I'm saying? He could be a solid NBA starter, or he can be a player who will be in the G League in three years. Which one he will be, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. So if the Hawks select him uh, anywhere between 5 and 10, Anywhere between five and eight, I will kind of just be like ho hum, like okay, you know, like I get it, but I'm not really excited about the pick. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I I really don't know. I really don't know. He had a terrible tournament, and his draft stock has kind of been falling in the mock drafts that I've seen. But there is potential. Like there's a gamble there. On you can gamble on the potential. I'm not sure if Travis wants to do that or not, but we'll see. So that is my thoughts on Mr. Reddish. 
But, um, I mean, of course, man, I, I wish for him the best. I wish the best for him, man. He's a good kid. And uh, I want all these dudes to succeed, but we will see. Next up, Jared Culver from Texas Tech. Um, sophomore, 6'6", 195, shooting guard. Um, here's the thing about Jared, um, and, I'll, and I'll, put, I'll, I'll let you know some of the notes that I have for him. Uh, he's a good shooter, not a great shooter. Um, he's more of a scorer, right? And then he is a shooter. He's more of a scorer. A good scorer off the dribble. Again, like Cam, he can score at all three levels. Inside the paint, driving to the hole. He's got a nice mid-range. He can knock down the three. Decision-making can be questionable. Shot selection can be, can be questionable. But that's going to be the true. That's going to be the case with a lot of these young guys, right? Um, very confident player. Very confident like most of these young guys, he's going to need to get stronger. He's going to need to add weight. Uh, he's going to need to improve his ball handling. He might be, however, the he might be the best two guard in the draft. Uh, as far as the tournament is concerned, I know he didn't really have the best national championship game. The Final Four game wasn't really anything to write home about as well. Granted, he was going up against two really, really, really good defensive teams. So you have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. You have to look at this guy and think, how will he be when the NBA is his job? Um, I think at the end of the day, he'll be a solid NBA rotational player with the possibility of being NBA starter. How will he fit into this um, Hawks team? I don't know per se. Like, I mean, I think when you're drafting where the Hawks are, I think you go best best player available, so you don't really worry about the position um, to an extent. I mean, I don't think you're going to go out and try to get a point guard, but I mean, I think you got to draft best player available. Um, at the end of the day, Culver has the potential to be a solid NBA player, you know? Um, but when you watch his film, when I watch his film, there was nothing that popped out at me. There's nothing that pops. Like when you watch film and some guys, there's just sometimes there's things that just pop. With him, there was nothing that really popped, nothing really uh, exciting, nothing really like, oh, wow, he does this really well. Uh, there's nothing really explosive about his game, but he can score the ball. He can score the ball. He can create his own shot, and um, that's big. That is a huge asset. Uh, he, he needs to become a better shooter, of course, because he's already a good scorer. I think that if the NBA is his job, he will be uh, a better shooter, so that is a plus for him. Uh, and, of course, his tournament struggles are concerning. But at the end of the day, man, I see he will be a solid pro. So I see Culver going anywhere between 5 and 10. Um, if the Hawks were to get him between 5 and 10, I would be – if you ask me who do I like between Culver and Cam, who would I pick, I'd probably whether. I don't know, man. I'd, I might just, I'd rather probably just take a gamble on Cam before I would take Culver. That's just me. I would probably, be, I would just probably just roll the dice, you know, and that's just kind of rolling the dice knowing that the house, the Hawks kind of have house money <laughs> with these draft picks, assuming they get the, uh, the Dallas pick. So, um, the third guy that was on the list, let's see, who was the third guy on the list? Third guy on the list. Mr. Brandon Clark. 
Brandon Clark from Gonzaga. Power forward, 6'8", 215. Now, a lot of people, when they talk about um, Gonzaga, they like to talk about the Huchamari kid. Um, and I'm really big on the Huchamari kid. I, I, uh, I really, really like the Huchamari kid, man. The, he's the other power forward that plays Gonzaga. He was Gonzaga's leading scorer. But Brandon Clark, man, had a very good tournament, man. Very good tournament. Um, again, 6'8", 215. Uh, he's kind of like a undersized power forward, right? So he could play the four, might be able to play a little three. And if you want to play him at the center in a small ball situation, you might be able to do that. Um, he put up 17 points a game, eight boards. Um, pretty, I mean, he can knock down the three, but by no means is he like a three-point specialist. That's the one thing he's going to have to get better at. You shoot 29% in college, you're going to have to up that mark in the NBA because in the NBA, everybody shoots the three ball. One thing about um, Mr. Clark, he averaged three blocks a game. You heard me. Three blocks a game. That's why I'm saying, like, you could play him at a small five position. If you're going small, you can play him at the four. He very good ring protector for being that size. Um, the thing about Brandon Clark that sticks out when you watch his tape is that he is a high motor, high energy player, and that would fit in well with the Atlanta Hawks guys. Listen, the Hawks play a lot of run and gun, a lot of space and pace. And they want to get up and run. They want to get up and down on the court. And he is a guy that can give the Hawks good minutes, good quality minutes. Uh, the 3.1 block shots a game is very, very impressive. Um, amazing shot blocker to wing position, man. Good defender on the perimeter. Good defender down low. And, and to me, like that is one of the things that the Hawks need to invest in. So last year, they definitely went offense with Trey and with Kevin and with Amari. This year, you got to go defense. You have to go defense. Um, good rebounder on both sides of the ball. He needs to get better with shooting shooting free throws. Athletic, very good athletic, uh, very good, um, very good athletic, very good athlete. Uh, good finisher at the basket. And uh, I already mentioned that. Um, his ability to play maybe the small five has to increase strength, of course, like most of these young guys, because all these guys, some of these guys are still growing. And, um, you know, they just got to get stronger. Active or on the basket, good finisher, decent shooter, needs to improve his shooting, but high-energy guy, really good defender. I would love to have this guy on the screen. I would love to have him on this team. Um, uh, most drafts have him in the lottery, to somewhere between the lottery and mid-first round. And by lottery, I mean like top 12, uh, anywhere between 12 and probably 20 is probably where I would guess for Mr. Clark. But if the Hawks ended up with the maybe, say, the ninth pick or the eighth pick uh, from Dallas, yo, this is the guy they need to target. This guy right here, Brandon Clark, big fan of him. Uh, my final outlook on him, uh, I wrote this. I said the thing that sticks out about Brandon is his energy and his activity. Um, he's a high-energy guy with a good motor. He might be able to – he might be – uh, undersized at four, may play some small ball five. He could go around most bigs, which would be big for him. Uh, he needs to improve the shot at the second and third levels. Uh, would fit in good with the Hawks' space and pace type of offense. 
with Trey and John Collins. So um, I'm really high on the Brandon Clark kid, guys. Really high on the Brandon Clark kid. And um, Cam Reddish, Jared Culver, um, I think those will be um, solid picks as well. It just it just depends on where you get them. Just depends on where you get them. And uh, I know Travis and those guys are doing their due diligence, but those are the three guys that um, that we talking about tonight. And uh, if you have any questions about those three, tweet me at Hawksbeat. Hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, any questions about those guys, and I will give you. Uh, my honest opinion. I'll shoot it to you straight. No chaser. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man. So that is um, my thoughts on those three guys. Um, I'll probably, I'm not going to give a timetable on the draft on our next podcast, but I won't, it won't be too long because I already have a lot of content as far as the draft is concerned. So I will shoot that out to you as soon as we can get things rolling. So uh, one last thing, man. Don't forget to check us out on Game Time Radio. Check out the Game Time Radio. Follow GTR, um, GT Radio 1100 on Twitter. And follow uh, GTR, GT Radio 1100.com for uh, our Sunday show that we have that goes on. And uh, good content. We got a lot of things going on over there. So, um, like we say on the radio show, man, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. If you don't know him. You need to find him and show him love because that's all he's showing you. Don't forget to check us out on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, until next time, guys, we'll see you when we see you. Peace out. to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.